This is Kim Davis and welcome to another DMN one-on-one. Interesting topic today is cannabis marketing. And to discuss it with me, I have Jeremy Jacobs, who's CEO and co-founder of Enlighten. Welcome, Jeremy. Well, thanks for having me, Kim. Now, where are you based? Because I know you're not New York based. No, we're not New York based. Uh, well, we have activities in about 36 states and three countries, but our uh, corporate headquarters where we manufacture the technology and service from is in Bowling Green, Kentucky, just north of Nashville. Okay. So um, you mentioned 36 states, and I, I guess that's a good place to start because the cannabis market in the United States is not regulated by the federal government, is regulated at the state level. And as with anything regulated at the state level, and there are many controversial examples, that means a patchwork of rules and regulations and different things. I mean, how much of a challenge is that? I would argue the fragmentation is by far the largest challenge, not just in marketing and cannabis, but cannabis in general. The fact that each individual state you go to has its own unique set of laws. And obviously there's some overlap. Some of these states will look at and and do the best they can to mirror other states. They'll take what they believe were the things that worked out great and try to toss away the things they thought were were bad, but the fragmentation, Kim, is by far the largest challenge, and I think you would find that not just in marketing, but if you talk to cultivators, retailers, or anyone, that is the biggest challenge that all of us face. All right. So you said 36 states. How many states, I know how to phrase this question, because it could be, how many states, pretty simply, is cannabis legal in? Sure, great question. <laughs> so so legal cannabis is an interesting term to yeah. define. Uh, there, the first stage of legalization is decriminalization. Mm-hmm. And if you take that as the lowest bar and go upward, there are very few states in single digit that don't have at least a decriminalization bill or better. Uh, if you go from medicinal marijuana and up, there's 33, and there's three or four more that are in the process of, of putting together some regulations for that. And then recreational states, I think we're up to 11 or 12 at this point. I have to redo the count. But uh, about 70% of the states and two-thirds of the U.S. population are better live in a place where cannabis is legal. Okay. Now, I was thinking uh, before we started talking about comparison with tobacco products, in a way these are kind of a mirror image because tobacco was once, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when everyone smoked everywhere and tobacco advertising, you were surrounded by it. Sure. And it's gradually because of the health concerns, we're all, almost in an age where tobacco advertising marketing is practically extinct in the United States. Cannabis is kind of the opposite thing because for many years cannabis was underground, was frowned on, was thought of as a, a gateway drug to, to drugs which would damage your health. And it's kind of coming into the open. Now, is, is the reputation of cannabis also kind of a drag on being able to, to market it freely? Yeah, so what, what's interesting to, to what you're saying there, what's interesting is we're now finding scientific evidence that cannabis is actually the reverse of a gateway drug. It's not a gateway into drugs. It's literally a gateway out of drugs. People are using it for to... to fight opioid addictions and Mm -hmm. things of that nature. And so when you look at it from that perspective, the marketing of cannabis should get to be wide open. When you talked about, you know, tobacco products back in the day, it shouldn't be able to be that wide open. But the marketing side of it is exactly the opposite of that. You know, there's some of the strictest laws I've ever seen. For example, in Canada, um, you know, we're, we're trying to figure that that animal out. But the reality is you're not even allowed to show product images 
and cannabis marketing. So imagine advertising something without being able to show an image of it because what their viewpoint is is that it wants you to induce a consumer from one product to the other and marketing make that decision. They think it should be medically decided versus, you know, marketing decided. So uh, it, it is the exact opposite, of, in my opinion, of what it should be. Okay. Um, that, that brings another thought to mind. Let's talk about something uncontroversial like um, uh, soap powder. <laughs> soap powder manufacturers don't go out there and promote soap powder itself. They promote their particular brand and they try to win market share from other brands. How is cannabis marketing similar or dissimilar to that? Is cannabis marketing about suggesting to people there are good things about this product, there are useful, there are good ways to use it, beneficial things, or is it about buy my cannabis and not my competitor's cannabis? You know, there's several different different avenues that marketers take. I think the first thing when it comes to cannabis marketing is a lot of brands are trying to get you to use their type of cannabis, meaning an edible versus a vape pen versus mm -hmm. flower. So that's the first competitive landscape from a marketing standpoint is which product category would you select. Then with inside those product categories, you do see standard traditional marketing, such as your soap powder example, where my soap powder is better than these other soap powders because of X, Y, and Z. Um, and, you know, part of what we're seeing from a marketing standpoint inside of cannabis is a transition really from strain, you know, indica, sativa, hybrid, those are words even people that aren't that familiar with cannabis have heard those words, I mean, I don't know what those words mean, to more experiential. So you're seeing a lot of companies move away from what type of strain is this to how is this going to make me feel? Is this going to give me energy? Is this going to make me creative? Is this going to relax me? And so the marketing really, is, as we're seeing a transition, is becoming more experience-based. How is this cannabis going to make me feel, not what is this cannabis? Right. Now that, that must create a dilemma, I would think, because I imagine you wouldn't want to be seen as marketing cannabis as something which is going to get you really high. So experience as opposed to this is going to get you out of your head. I mean, it's a, sure, it's a sure. difficult line to tread. Sure. Well, I, you know, I, if you were to ask a bud tender, which is the retail associate at a cannabis dispensary, <laughs> what are the two most common questions you get? Uh, there, what's, what's the cheapest cannabis you have and what is the strongest <laughs> cannabis you have? Yeah. And the answer to that question is never the same answer. Uh, I do believe there's, you know, cannabis is interesting, Kim. So, you know, in, originally... When I got in the cannabis business, I was certain that the vast majority of everyone that bought cannabis was going to be that 26-year-old male. Mm -hmm. And so whatever that 26-year-old male wanted, that was what we were going to cater to. And that was true, it seemed like, for about the first day. And then immediately you begin to see all walks of life walk into a cannabis dispensary. And wasn't long after that, the 40-year-old soccer mom was the fastest growing demographic. And as of just the last few months, now it's a 65-year-old senior. Wow. They're turning to cannabis for, for different things. And so, you know, what those different demographics are looking for out of cannabis yeah. are very different things. And so now not only is the landscape challenging because of fragmentation, it's becoming even more challenging because you have all these different consumer groups and you know the desires of a 65 year old senior have absolutely nothing to do with the 26 year old male who absolutely says which one of these are going to get me the highest right. and so they're, they're very different things and you know that just adds to that complexity. So you can be marketing the same product to somebody who wants relief from chronic pain and somebody who wants to go out and party. Absolutely, absolutely and I, and I would argue those are now very different products uh, there's a lot of diversity in the marketplace. The number of cannabis brands grows every day. And, and the people are, 
marketers from other industries are now beginning to, to mobilize into the cannabis space and help out with some of those challenges that these cannabis companies are facing, which is I need to precisionly market to a specific demographic and how do I reach those people. Okay. Now, um, a phrase you use is cannabis tech, and mm-hmm. I guess we should get into the tech part of it. Where does tech come into this? Oh, cannabis has a lot of technology in it. Uh, you know, it starts at cultivation, a lot of new technology there. But on a retail level, which is really where we focus, uh, you know, when, we, when I first got into the space, there was actually utter lack of tech. And I'll tell you why that was. It's because most of the companies that make tech were terrified of moving into the cannabis space. They're concerned about the legalities. They're concerned about the position that will put them in with their other consumers. And so in cannabis, there's been a, an utter lack of technology, uh, not just from the fact people won't mobilize in, but in addition to that, also the, the challenges uh, would, again, go back to fragmented regulations. Mm-hmm. You know, marketing technologies you would see that are web-driven, digital marketing, a lot of that, there's legalities that make that challenging. Uh, when we talk about marketing technology, when I specifically talk about marketing technology, I'm talking about retail technology. Like, for example, my company, will we build a television network inside of cannabis dispensaries. That requires technology to be able to change what's on that screen remotely from another location and stream that content. Uh, we make digital menu type products. So visual-based technologies is the kind of, kind of technology I work in. Okay, so you're really providing a technology to support the marketing of cannabis by the cannabis manufacturers is the right word. Manufacturers, product companies, brands, yeah. So we provide lots of different technology mechanisms to be able, at the point of purchase and at retail, to be able to visually demonstrate those products and and, you know, kiosks to be able to allow people to discover and explore. Because the interesting thing is for 100 years cannabis was illegal, so Mm Hardly anyone knows anything, so education is a, is a big deal, and so the idea is how do you leverage technology to be able to deliver this education, because I believe consumers want to make informed decisions, and so providing them information is, is a way to do that, and, and that's the type of technologies we really focus on, is delivery of this education that's been elusive. Okay. Now, of course, we don't know the future, but um, I wonder if... Uh What's happened with vaping has given you any cause for concern because for a time vaping was seen as a potential healthy alternative to smoking, as a way to get off the smoking. And suddenly, it seems like almost overnight, vaping has become sure. the villain, the monster, <laughs> the awful thing. I mean, is it, there's a conceivable political future where suddenly politics starts to turn against cannabis again. Does that give you concern? Not really. You know, I think extremism can occur out of nowhere, especially in the modern age with social media. I think we've had six people die from vaping since vaping was invented, and my guess is we probably had six people die from lung cancer in the last 30 minutes. And so, you know, when you put it into perspective, I'm fairly certain, uh, you know, the media and, and a few health professionals have sort of blown this thing out of proportion. You know, how many people would have died if they'd been taking in burning particles into their lungs so completely different things and to go back to your tech question you now there's a piece of cannabis technology not just cannabis technology it's, it's smoking or consumption technology uh, is definitely changing things for the better so you know i see the media's up in an uproar but the media is always in an uproar i think that's their job is to be in an uproar so do, does it give me concern not not really you know it's reality is somebody else will figure out that six people died over since the beginning of vaping and, 
and which is a lot yeah. less than what would have died from smoking. It's not a very high rate. No, no not at all. But we've made a big deal of it. And just to finish up, uh, the technology you're talking about, that your company provides, presumably it's, um, it could be used things other than cannabis. It's not exclusive to cannabis? No, actually, yeah, I got started over a decade ago, and so a lot of the restaurant menus you see, your self-order kiosk, or the screens telling you who's next in line, or whether your order's ready, and those kinds of things. I've been producing those things for, for over a decade. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of companies that make those types of things. I remember when there weren't very many, but now you know there's a lot of those companies. And so these are just really retail-based technologies, marketing-based technologies that are abundantly used elsewhere. And really what we've had to do is look at the challenges that are particularly interesting around cannabis and how to adapt those products. And for example, one of those challenges that I've noticed, I've, I've made I don't even know how many thousands of of digital menus in food restaurants right. but inside of cannabis dispensaries one of the interesting things is how quickly those products turn you know this is a plant so if you grow og kush and you only have so much og kush as soon as you're out of og kush it's not like there's an og kush factory you just oh, go right, 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 OG right. Kush yeah. from. it's a it's a long cycle and so the turn of products is fast it's rampant uh, you need to be able to have a, a digital menu system that can drop those products quickly, change those prices, change the percentage of THC from one batch to the next. And so the amount of changes that take place, like on menus, for example, or with product listings, is enormous. You know, right. in a single day in a cannabis dispensary, you have more menu changes than you would in an entire year inside of a restaurant. So although the technologies are similar, they're very different. And I believe the cannabis industry you know, travels at a pace that's just not realized in other sectors and other industries. So you have to be have the real possibility of being agile in updating what you're showing to consumers. Sounds like day by day, hour by hour. Oh, it's critical. You know, and I'll give you an example. Recently I experienced, there's, and I won't drop any names here, but there's a multi-state operator, or otherwise known as an MSO. Uh, those are the largest companies in cannabis, the ones that operate across borders and have licenses everywhere. Uh, I was having a conversation with them about technology, and they indicated that each morning at each one of their dispensaries, they spend three hours having to manually update a menu oh, with yeah. what are the products we ran out of yesterday, what are the products we have today, and what are the testing of those products, because a lot of times, the same way a food menu will list the calories, a cannabis menu will list the THC content of mm -hmm. those particular products, that's of interest to people, and you know they said they were taking three hours a day to do that and when you look at the labor costs associated with that your marketing technology really should be more efficient than that, that that's thousands sure. of dollars a month per location just to be able to update a menu that's ridiculous and that's so, what you're helping people that's with. exactly right yeah and there's a lot of labor cost savings there's a a lot of ways to spin products and make sure the products you want to feature are highlighted and so we do a lot of those kinds of things okay that's a great introduction to a developing market and a whole range of developing topics. Jeremy, thanks very much for joining us. Hey, thanks a lot, Kim. Thanks for having me.